0: What is up, America, slash Minneapolis? Welcome to episode eight of The People's Pitch. I am Nate, as always, joined by my co-host, John. Hello, everyone. I want to remind you, of course, that The People's Pitch is brought to you by Summit. Summit, the official craft beer of The People's Pitch. Hey, they're celebrating three decades of brewing with a unique 30th anniversary double IPA that is just delectable. I've been drinking it at my, uh, at my trivia night that I host And, uh, and I, it does me right. It does me right. Humble brag. Yep. Humble brag. (laughs) Uh, for more information on that and all other summit related things, please visit summitbrewing.com. You'll learn a lot. Um, a lot has happened, John, in U.S. soccer in the last week since, since our last, uh, since our last show. We've got USA Guatemala. I mean, we came back with a pretty serious beat down.
1: Yeah. You know, here's the thing about that. Um, I don't think that Guatemala played any better or worse in either game. Their goalie just just ran out of get out of jail free cards. <laughs> um, I, I don't think they were ever dangerous in the attack. We had some some mishaps on the road in Guatemala, but I don't. Um, I was never worried that uh, that we were going to lose the game in uh, on uh, on the good soil. A
0: lot of rumblings about the viability of uh, the United States World Cup. Yeah. Hopes.
1: I mean, if we lost, we had like a ten percent chance. Yeah. But if we won, it's like a ninety-two percent chance of going. So there's a lot to figure out, but that's for that's a discussion for another day.
0: USA Columbia also right afterwards. Uh yeah. a lot a lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> the-
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, no shocker there that uh that the under twenty threes once again did not qualify for the World Cup. I don't quite Olympics. Or sorry, the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, thank you. That's why we're such a dynamic duo. I got your back. Um there's no, there's no, uh, there's no, no... chemistry. Yeah, there, there's no chemistry. When you when you take guys like Miazga and Morris and I think uh, Kisa Vetter were with the the senior team, and then you just think like, hey, well, we're going to play Columbia, so we're going to throw these guys in there and then hope it works out. <laughs> um, it doesn't work like that. We... We It showed that um not only did the Colombian players they've been, they've had I think it was something like each player in the starting eleven had over fifty caps with a professional team in the first team at twenty three mm-hmm. where we had like three or four so not only did they have more experience and, and more time on the ball in a professional and hostile environment, but also like they've been playing together f- like since they were kids. so yeah. it's like some of our guys have but whatever. We didn't deserve it, and uh, I can't believe we almost got out of Colombia with a two to one win if Jordan Morris's weird outside the right foot shot didn't hit the crossbar. We would have won the game, um, but wouldn't have mattered. It Wouldn't have mattered. It, well, maybe we would have. Yeah, I suppose we would have gone different and, approach. I mean, it, the second it, game, it wouldn't have meant that we would have still not had four guys get sent off or whatever. that, there that was,
0: when we finished like, finish, finish the game with like the goalie. Yeah, that was the worst.
1: Yeah, he's just like, come on, guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other the other new U.S. soccer news is uh, Wambach versus the Portland PD. Yeah, so.
1: Uh, I mean, what what else do you do when you're <laughs> when you're a retired World right, Cup just, winner?
0: I guess you just party. I, I really did like though following following the uh, the, the fallout on Twitter. I mean, yeah. we got Bedoya who's who's tweeting who's tweeting like um, tweeting about how that I mean, must have been the fault of a of a non U.S. born player and right. And for those of you who don't know, so not American American or whatever he says. So Wambach popped off, I believe,
1: after the well, of course after she wins the World Cup, like the biggest stage ever. Um, that she's ever, she's on, but she popped off and said that um, unlike the men's team, that the the women's team is more uh, U.S. born or U.S. based, which everyone who is on the national team has to be an American, whether it's naturalized <laughs> or not. You have to be a citizen. You have to be a citizen. So that's where she lost out there. So Bedoya being Colombian American, uh, he who went on. Who was born in Jersey, by born, the way. Yeah, born in Jersey. Probably more American than her. Um. Said uh, must have been a foreign American player's fault.
0: Yeah. And the best was Josie's comment. Then Josie. Josie replies to him, and he says, uh, "Should he use one of them team vans?"
1: Right. Just but, total rim shot. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's at, a uh, that's a call
0: out to Hope Solo. Hope right? Solo.
1: Yeah, and quite possibly Josie's best finish of the year. That was the best. <laughs> that was the best comment. <laughs> Josie's that was his most
0: clinical finish. In so, years. um,
1: you know, drinking and driving is a serious thing. Uh, we don't condone it. Um, however. <laughs> Uh, I also don't condone someone like Abby Wambach trying to, trying to tell us that we, we can't produce a, a quality American striker. We're all American strikers. We're all American born. Like, you know,
0: reap what you sow,
1: Miss Wambach.
0: Uh, so coming up today, we've got a recap of the weekend's watch parties and uh, some events that we've been to around town. We've got a listener email, which we always love. Um, in studio, we've got associate head coach Jeremy Vescovich. Welcome. And uh, live via Skype, we have our midfield wizard and master of the flow, Samuel Ruiz Plaza. Yep. It'll be cool to talk to him.
1: Right. we will be re- very cool. But uh, but first, let's a little listener email. You, you want to dive in or you want me to dive in?
0: No, it? I got it. So okay. listener uh, Matt Allenberger, he wrote us the other day, and he says he's looking forward to the kit reveal on the 14th, and that's coming up at uh, Kieran's. We'll have more details about that later. But he's, the, he says he's really proud that our kit, at least from the concepts, is unique. And it's able to stand on its own without too much borrowed from other teams, which I like. I think that's that happens a lot right, in professional right. soccer. Is. A, lot a lot of borrowing. Of, lot of, lot of borrowing. Yeah. A lot of ripoff artists out there. Yeah. Um, but he says, however, I just saw Real OKC's shirts, OKC shirts come out the other day. He noticed right away that they copied uh, Rayo Vi- Valicano's kit down <laughs> to the letter. I mean, it's an obscu- <laughs> They ripped off an obscure team, but that's cool. Yeah. Uh, his question is, then, if Minneapolis City had to wear another team's kit... What team would it be and why? We've got some thoughts. Sure. Uh, I'll go first. This is John. Mm -hmm. Hello, Hello, John. uh, I would go with the
1: 2013-14 Manchester United plaid jerseys. I own two of the three of them. Uh, I think they're great. And it would also, depending upon the color scheme, kind of throw back to Paul Bunyan... Maybe a little plaid shirt, hipster
0: yeah. culture. Oh yeah, I can see um, that.
1: Perhaps in a black, gray, and white Minneapolis City SC color palette uh, would be great. So I, that's what I would go with.
0: Oh, you could probably sell like n- versions of the of the kid at like Ascot Finlayson and yep. get real get real yep. hipster with it. I and mean, we could put it on Etsy. Oh, super trendy. <laughs> uh, mine is rooted in uh, non reality. Actually, I guess it's real. I've just never seen it. So I play a lot of FIFA 16, and I've unlocked Man City, Manchester City's alternate kit. The black one? The black one. It's like all black. It's probably from like the 1800s when they first started. A weird cross on the oh, chest. Oh, it's just all and... black with like whatever that uh, cr- the Crusader's cross or whatever That's it is. That's a swastika. Just... No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'd put it in the game. Anyway, it's just all black, and I think that, that, that is sweet. It's uh, Just going on the field with just total blackout uniforms would be, would be really cool. That's kind of why I like our, our, home uniform. I mean, it's not black. No, but I mean, just it's, just it's in general, to, I like yeah. I like I like the dark color scheme. Right, right, exactly. But yeah, so those would be uh, our two, Mr. Ellenberger. But it's just, he's excited to see see the uniforms. He even likes. It sounds like he even likes the pink. Yes. the pink alternate. Which uh, I was, we were, I was down at the local on Saturday, and uh, I was down there with Dan Hooteman. We were talking talking some people up, but Dan was telling me that the players really. Ended up picking the the alternate pink. Yeah. That Trent kind of came up with it as like a hey, you know, fu to, to soccer culture. We're gonna right. be a little punk with it right. and throw throw our visiting kits, throw some pink in there. Yeah. And so Dan sent an email out to everyone and said, to everyone that had signed so far and said, hey, would you guys play if it was pink? Right. And they said, heck yeah. And Duncan, I think even responded, which is makes sense for Duncan who's who's weird and he says goalkeepers have to be weird. He's like, screw it, man. If we don't <laughs> if we don't all wear the pink. I will wear the pink. He'd wear it anyway.
1: Well, right. So we let the players aside, Then Coach Keith was like, "I don't want to wear pink. No one likes pink."
0: Everyone likes Everyone pink, apparently. Likes pink, apparently. So we were wrong. They probably like Twitter too. <laughs> so we're gonna be busting we're... that pink out uh, May 18th. Yep. <laughs> uh, no. In Milwaukee.
1: Uh, actually, we'll be busting out April 14th at the kit reveal party. Oh,
0: right. But I mean, on field for the first time. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yep. Just like a medium
0: rare steak, <laughs> busting the pink out. Yeah. Uh, a reminder that kit reveal then we uh, it's going to be April fourteenth, right? Which is Correct. A Thursday night at yep. six p.m. at Kieran's downtown. Yes. Uh, that's going to be awesome. Come check out that the rumors are somewhat true. Uh, the concepts aren't going to be one hundred percent realized, but there it's going to be close. It's gonna be pretty close. Yeah. Uh, we're going to try to. Do, we're going to do a live podcast from the event. So no show. Um, the show is going to be out next Friday. Uh, those.
1: Yeah, probably late Thursday night. Late Thursday Friday, night, early so Friday. Sorry, uh, maybe we'll do a little little Wednesday promo drop or something. Um, if you care, yeah, if you guys care, probably not. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so we'll uh, we'll we'll be doing it live from the from the. Um, oh, I almost kicked all uh, the power cords out there. <laughs> We're gonna do it live from uh, from Kieran's. So not only come down and. Uh, and see the new kits, but listen to us, and then maybe we'll walk around and record some, uh, some fan reactions. Yeah, and we'll drink some Summit. We'll drink some Summit, yes, together, collectively. One Summit for all. All right, we are blessed to have uh, Associate Head Coach Jeremy Iwascovich in the studio today. Jeremy, please tell me I've been saying your name right the entire time.
2: Completely, 100% incorrect. Oh, yeah. uh, so, right, uh, so give it to us uh jeremy ivash okay. uh the i sound like e's and the w sound like V's.
1: okay well hopefully you'll 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 let me slide um uh, but definitely want to mention that jeremy rolled up wearing his stylish minneapolis city scarf which can be purchased online at mplscitysc.com in the shop
0: it looks good
2: just wearing it around town
1: it, really, <laughs> it does yeah it does
2: Thanks, fellas. <laughs>
0: Need a little bit of
2: uh, you know encouragement.
1: <laughs> well, thank you for coming in. Uh, we've been talking about doing this for a little while, so I'm glad we finally aligned.
2: Yep. Thanks uh, for having me. And
1: uh, and you're you're kicking off the the before the great Samuel Ruiz Plaza. So uh, he's gonna have a tough
2: act to follow. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good kid. He'll be fine. <laughs> All right. Well, Coach,
0: can I call you a Coach? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Tell us about your tell us about your coaching background and uh, what from that will translate to, to Minneapolis City this season.
2: What are you going to bring to City? <laughs> yeah, thanks guys for having me. I uh, actually grew up playing. Grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, and uh, played for the famed Scott Gallagher Club, which is uh, hence merged with Bush to form St. Louis Scott Gallagher. And uh, never in my wildest dreams that I think I would be a coach. Never, never thought that was in my uh, wheelhouse. But I uh, grew up playing and uh, was fairly successful. Went on to play at Clemson and uh, ACC. Tigers. Yeah, go Tigers. Go Best Tigers. conference in the nation. Um, <laughs> soccer or just in general? Um, overall in general. Definitely soccer as well as basketball. I was going to say there's a game tonight that might decide yeah. that. Go Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Hey. Um, so, grew up playing the game. Never thought I'd be a coach. Got into coaching in my mid-20s and I started coaching club, did some high school, decided that I really enjoyed it and uh, was pursuing some graduate studies, um, thought about pursuing a PhD and then kind of getting in coaching the back door, but had the opportunity to coach at a small school in Memphis, Tennessee as an NAIA school. And, uh, and I took it and I, uh, haven't looked back and bounced around, done some both on the men's side, women's side, um, NAIA schools, division one, I was assistant coach for the women's team at Murray state. And now I find myself doing the uh, men's program at Bethel division three here in town. And, uh, just had a, a a fun fun ride so far, and I'm excited. So well, what was the what was the name of
1: the school that gave you your your, your big shot?
2: <laughs> well, it, unless you don't want to divulge who it was. Well, it's a school called Crichton College, which has um, shut down since uh, since I've been there. They ran into some <laughs> Found, financial quoted, issues. Founded by Jurassic
0: Park author Michael Crichton.
2: Yeah, yeah I was going to say it was uh, a J.J. Abrams. Uh, <laughs> Creation. <laughs> yeah, there's a boatload of small private schools all over the nation that no mm-hmm. one's ever heard of, and that was one of them. But it was my it was my starting point, foot in the door, and uh, it was a, a, it was a fun opportunity. Yeah. How'd you How'd you get involved with MCSC? Yeah, great question. So Keith and I go way back. We actually met in college. We played for the uh, Minnesota Thunder's PDL team, the Tornado. Oh. And met Keith. Uh, on that team and we had a great experience really enjoyed the playing experience thought it was a fantastic opportunity for college guys to get quality games and Keith and I recently reconnected you know via Facebook and coaching circles and he kind of ran some stuff by me that he was talking with these Stegmans guys and they were up to some shenanigans and so I said I'm listening until
1: <laughs> it always starts. Had you heard
2: of Stegmans before? Yeah, in passing, I had no idea what they were about and who they were. But uh, hey, that's
1: uh, we're about me passing. neither.
2: We're about <laughs> magic, magic. I've been you imp- wouldn't be the only one. <laughs> I've been impressed so far, so it's uh, I'm I'm happy to be a part of things.
1: Well, what a I mean, we touched briefly on how awesome Stegman's is. Um, what about what we have going on and what you've been involved in? Um, it intrigues you about what we're doing. Is there is there anything that um, you know, that you've seen so far that's really even like, man, this is why I got into, involved in this?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. I think there's probably two or three things. Uh, the first that jump out at me is just the idea of providing a quality experience for college kids and guys who are just maybe out of college, um, you know, playing in those men's leagues to still have a high, high level, uh, kind of as close to professional as we can without being professionals, um, providing an opportunity for these guys to continue playing. I think that's fantastic. And I and I, and I want to be a part of that. I think there's a bit of community aspect that's underrated and everybody can can talk about it and say words but it's hard to grasp and it seems like all the guys have really good intentions and there's not I mean there's no you know there's not a lot of ego involved it's more about this hey we want to create this super cool thing just for the sake of doing it and and, and that's pretty refreshing and pretty fun to be honest it's 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 a fun, interesting, diverse group of people who are trying to create a cool thing. And I think that's attractive.
1: that's how the renaissance started.
2: Hey. What? <laughs> Just a fun group of people down in Italy Just try, trying to create try some, some cool school.
0: shit. Cool shit, man. <laughs> that's what it is. Um,
1: so we talked about a little bit about your playing background, um, but definitely want to go on a little bit deeper if you want to. Uh, Tell us anything about uh, your experience as a player that really stood out. Maybe some memorable moments, but also uh, what translates from your playing background um, into your coaching.
2: Oh, sure. Yeah, I dodged that one, didn't I? Um, (laughs) No, you guys. It's life's a funny thing. I uh, was was more of an attacking player. I would love to keep the ball. Grew up watching. My dad was born and raised in Brazil, and I grew up watching the famous Brazilian teams in the '80s. And uh, love, love possessing the ball, love knocking it around, love having fun and attacking. Um, you know, I was an attacking player, uh, love to, to integrate my teammates into what I was trying to do. One of, my, one of my strengths as a player was trying to make everyone around me better. So as a coach, I mean, philosophically, I don't know how to park the bus. I just know how to go forward. I know how to attack. I know how to ping the ball around all over the pitch and, and try to exploit kind of the spaces and the, and the gaps that the, the other team are giving you. So I think I'm a fun coach to play for. I think, um, you know, having played at that Division One level with and against some, some of the best players in the nation, there's a, there's a professionalism and intentionality at the same time. I think personality-wise, I mean, life's pretty big. Soccer's one part of it. And I think we can balance that competitive stuff with also having fun and getting after it. Right.
0: Does that attacking approach translate to the to the types of guys that you have helped to recruit to
2: play for Minneapolis City? Ah, sure, man. Subconsciously, it has to, right? Yeah. It
1: seems like there's a guy we're gonna be talking to soon that yes like, it follows the quite uh, quite to the to the T what you're looking for in a in a player and maybe yourself.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Sam, uh, I kind of watched him play a couple years in high school, and, and now followed him as freshman year of college, and he's a guy immediately whose vision I, I thought was. Um, phenomenal as a youth player I thought he was seeing things no offense to guys he's playing with but I thought he was seeing things that other players weren't seeing and he was putting balls into spaces that nobody else on the field saw and so yeah that was pretty pretty fun for me to see and so <laughs> I'm fired up to have him joining us.
1: Is there anyone else um, that we've signed so far that you're looking forward to to coaching or to, to, to dropping some knowledge on?
2: <laughs> All the guys man put me on the spot can't pick one. One of the It'd most surprising I mean,
1: we, we have time you can, you can go into a couple of
2: <laughs> one of the most surprising things I think for all of us involved, but us as a coaching staff specifically is the number of quality guys who are interested in reaching out and want to be a part of it trying to to discern and weed through and figure out what this roster looks like man it's been a challenge um because there's so many quality players to be honest terrible and problem terrible problem <laughs> um. But it, it should translate into fun, some fun coaching coaching aspects. So, I, I don't know. I mean, I you're going to hold my feet to the fire. Give me some options.
1: Uh, I'm going to spin the question a little bit. Anyone um, that you were surprised that is in the mix now that maybe you didn't know was going to be involved through any of the tryouts or any of the combines we've had um, or maybe some players are invited. So, any of the – I mean, because – um, most people in the coaching circles, like you and Keith, and even Allen and, and um, our goalie coach uh, Adam, you guys know some of these guys beforehand. Is there anyone that you didn't quite know that's in the mix now that you're like, man, that's I'm glad he's here, or I'm glad they're here?
2: Yeah, uh, <laughs> another tough question. I'm. It's- Put me in a tough spot here as we're still in the, in the, the trial process. He likes all of you. <laughs> I like all you boys. Yeah, yeah. You're all good quality players. <laughs>
1: but picking out um, one won't uh, won't mean there's a favorite.
2: Well, I mean, if I go with Samo, oh, just to be safe, yeah. that's, that's my guy. But um, it's been fun to see some of the older guys who kind of been in the men's league for a couple of years or uh, guys who I've seen over the past few years in some of the college ranks as well. Um, girl, I know I, I've heard this name tossed around there quite a bit on this podcast, but uh, Ben Wexler mm-hmm. is a really fascinating player. He's very dynamic technically, finds spaces and pockets that he sits in that he can create out of. That I'm really fired up to see him playing with some of these college kids um, and how he can play off of some of the, some of the more dynamic, fast, strong. You know, the Matthew Guays and the um, Forsgrins and the you know the guys who who he can maybe sit underneath and kind of kind of cause some damage sure. playing it's, with. It so.
0: sounds like he's the kind of player that plays off of the level of players that are around him. You know, it seems like first couple times we saw him, he was with a lot of these guys that are just, you know, cold off the street. So he'll play, you know, to that level and do a couple impressive things. And now, you know, you throw him in the mix with the college kids when they're back from spring break, and he, he really turns his game up. Is that? Do you get a similar impression?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm excited to watch them play with these guys as they come back. As there's eight eight other guys who I'm excited to see yeah, play right. with. Hey, bring some of these guys back, and I know some of the names you guys have mentioned. Uh, you know, AJ Albers and Trey coming back from spring break. I wasn't able to attend that one session, but I, I've heard nothing but but quality things about those guys. So, you know, ideally, as as these guys come back and we start integrating more of these college kids. You know, everybody raising their game together, I think, is is the goal, and I think we've got some players who can do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. how do you see these guys? You know, I mean, they're playing all over the country. You've got Sam in uh, Pennsylvania, Wills in Indi- in Indiana or Illinois, I'm sorry. Um, you've got Sam, and they're all over the place, Wisconsin. right? Wisconsin, yeah. right? So they're they're living all over the place. How do you see them coming back in the first, you know, couple of weeks for one, two, three weeks in May and and gelling? You know, what's your going to be? What's your approach going to be for those first? First couple games.
2: Yeah, it's a great question. I'm going <laughs> to deflect a coach kicker. Yeah, there you go. But, uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, the trump
1: card. <laughs>
2: I'm sure he's ahead. got a plan, right? Yeah. yeah. No, and that's going to be the biggest challenge is how quickly can we integrate these guys together. I mean, they're all quality players. They all understand the game. They're all coming from programs that are run by quality coaches. To be honest, I mean, one of the coolest things about the last 15, 20 years is just the explosion of quality coaches at every level. You know, D1 through D3, uh, there's guys running – Running good sessions day in and day out, and running programs that are are really quite professionally uh, run. So, uh, no, no doubt that they're going to be ready. It's just going to be a matter of how can we help these guys communicate, how can we help them learn how each other play, what are their strengths and weaknesses, and just how the puzzle pieces all fit together. And that's that's the challenge, and that's what Keith and Alan and I and Approval and all these guys ha- have, have i mean uh, i
1: would completely agree with you i don't think that there's the, the skill sets and the and just the the know-how on the field is going to be the, the issue it's going to be getting these guys used to each other whether it's uh <laughs> we'll start off with names yeah <laughs> here's here's so-and-so he will be playing with all summer he'll be right next to you you yep. want to get to know each other a little bit um uh, but you're right' it's, it's the communication and, and learning each other's style of play because um, you, you can't just be successful with an all-star team at any level really unless you're playing another all-star team which we're not we're playing against teams that have kind of cultivated over years or or months prior to what what we, we had the, uh, the ability or were afforded to so um, I, I think you're 100 percent correct the communication is going to be number one once that falls into place we're just gonna be winning games and scoring
0: goals. <laughs> So, I mean, I guess, right? That's I'm like, so. That's, like that's like the classic sports answer. It's like, man, I'm just trying to win some games, score some runs, yeah,
1: you know, right,
0: make some baskets, yeah, anything to help the team win. Like
1: thank my parents.
0: So I'm I'm new to the semi-pro soccer scene, right? Like, uh, so this is just my impression, but my impression is that the the fan base of City is shaping up to be a little different than what I thought when I would about semi-pro soccer you know i'm thinking like you hear that minneapolis city is going to draw more from the community uh more from more from the neighborhood uh and less from you know like players girlfriends or like their outer shape buddies that just want to show up and drink beer right
1: or just general stegmans guys <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> right like or just like the Stegman suits, right so what would you say to the everyday fan in minneapolis just someone that lives in you know lives off of lake and cedar that loves soccer that might want to get up get on board with heading over to the barnyard a few Saturdays?
2: Yeah, I would say, come on out. that kind of goes into what I was saying about these guys, Stegman's guys being able to create something cool. I mean, you've got a really fascinating, interesting group of these ad guys, right? Who have this vision and this idea, which is pretty seductive, like I said. And so I think it's a phenomenal idea that is taking shape, I think way faster than anybody kind of could have imagined. So, whether or not you have kids, whether or not you're single, married, it doesn't matter. There's a place for you at the table, I think. And, you know, just knowing some of these guys and their hearts, hey, hanging out with your kid after a game, giving them a high five, doing a clinic before the game, it fits in the in the wheelhouse of who these guys are as people. And I think from a coaching standpoint and an organization standpoint, I feel like we're pretty fun, outgoing. Let's kind of get after a bunch of guys who also keep it in perspective and context as appropriate, and we, we know we're not – you know, professionals here. We're, we're trying to do something. We're semi professionals. Like, we're semi professionals trying to do quality <laughs> stuff, but at the end of the day, hey, let's relax and hang out and have a beverage after the game. Right? Yeah. So, as the
0: at game experience and the, the pre game, post game experience kind of over there at South is getting, uh, I guess, is getting put together and finalized, is that something that you envision that maybe there are pre game clinics for, you know, for neighborhood kids? There's some post game
2: outreach kind of stuff. Absolutely, that's the word on the street. That's the the rumors that I'm hearing. So that would be really cool.
1: I mean, I'm more than happy to step in and tell you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys, dude, there's some plannings going on. Um, yeah, I mean, there was actually in a the boardroom. Uh, there's actually a meeting before we uh, we started the podcast. There's a lovely visual up on the on the wall there. Um, but no, the yes, we will be having uh, clinics for for folks in the community, discounting tickets so the kids can can get in and see some high quality soccer and and be coached by guys like Jeremy and and Keith and some of the players and and see that soccer at a high level is a thing and it's not just a game. It it can be played um, at multiple different levels other than the, uh, the playground uh, or on a Saturday morning. Um,
0: I mean, that's great for kids that might live in the neighborhood that don't have 1500, $2,500 a year or a season to spend on right. You know, MTA, right. Right. No offense to MTA or St. Craig Academy.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. It's not for everybody.
0: Nope. Can't be.
1: Um, well, before I dive into my last question here before the speed round, do you or do you not like Kyle Beckerman? <laughs> <laughs> it's a free speed round. Is he on right.
2: speed dial? Yeah. Is <laughs> <that kind> of... <laughs> no, not at all. John and I have had some discussions about our mutual friend, Kyle Beckerman. I, have, I don't know Kyle Beckerman. I have no, You know um, enough about him. I have no qualms, no grudges to hold. We played each other a handful of times. When I was in college, he was a member of the U-17 national team. Uh, we scrimmaged them three or four times. Did he have dreads back then? He did. Yep. What? It's think, like a life choice. He was like born with them. He's like Predator. <laughs> <laughs> he is a Predator. He's so the way, he, the
0: way he had them on Tuesday, though, that it was hard on the field to distinguish between him and Graham Zussi, Yeah. who He's, actually did really well. So I was like, oh, I don't know who to <laughs> boo. So I had to kind of hold back. And he didn't do terribly. <laughs> I don't even
1: want to talk about it. I will. I will if you want me to. Uh, but I won't. I won't. So, uh, that was just a, a quick drop in there. Um, no, last, last question before we hit the speed round here is looking at our schedule, is there a one can't miss match you're looking forward to, or are there, uh, ones you think fans should really come out and see, or they're going to enjoy kind of a multiple prong question there. Maybe a couple different answers in there.
2: Yeah. I'm not quite sure. To be honest, I think first home game might be a fun one to check out, check out the energy of the buzz. Um, you know, I don't know enough of about our opponents. Obviously, Minnesota United, the reserves. Um, that, that that could be a fun one, both when we host them or at Eastridge. Uh, I know that could get pretty spirited, as most of these guys probably know each other. Uh, it's one
1: circled on each individual player's calendar. Probably. Yeah,
2: yeah, for the players. I know for some of our you know friends uh, in management, those trips to to the to the other state over there, Wisconsin. Yeah. There's some some big games. First um, one. First one. So. I think uh I think this first year there's there's quite a few big games. I don't know if you would want to miss any of them.
1: The answer was they're all big. They're yeah, all big. They're all big. <laughs>
2: You can even jump in the
0: caravan,
1: right? (laughs) Yep. For those of you who who don't know, uh, spots are filling up. They're almost sold out. We are subsidizing travel and hotel rooms to Milwaukee for our May 21st matchup against the Bavarians. Uh, There'll be some travel down there. Uh, Like I said, lodging, a pregame party with discounted drinks at a local establishment, um, free transportation to and from that, so players can, or uh, not play not players, but people who come along on the trip can uh, get nice and tuned up and ready to ready to cheer on the old black and uh, white or black and pink. That, black uh, and, that, uh, that uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like it's better to go to Milwaukee, you know, if you've never been or don't go that often, go with a bunch of people that at least they're going to be you're going to be hanging around with for the for the game, right? right. Instead of just kind of stumbling through town trying to figure out where the where the stadium is. <laughs> right, exactly,
1: yeah. <laughs> You're going to be pointed
0: in the right direction. <laughs>
1: um, all right, so that's all we have from a, from a general question standpoint. Uh, speed round time. Let's turn on the speed. I ask everybody, are you ready? Would you like to stretch some water or anything?
2: I believe so. Let's do this.
1: Okay, so uh, for those of you who don't know, you all should know by now, because if you don't know, now you know. Uh, speed round consists of 10 questions. I will ask you 10 questions. Please come up with the first answer you have. Uh, if you take a while, we will wait. And we will not go to the next question until you uh, answer the previous one.
2: No sitting in silence awkwardly?
1: Um, no, you can. You can. <laughs> Duncan did it. Makes for a bad podcast. Yeah, yeah, just dead air. Let's do it. Um, okay, uh, favorite moment as a player?
2: Softball. Winning the <laughs> ACC championship my junior year.
1: Anything stand out on that? Score like a big game winner or anything?
2: I actually broke my face that game. I got elbowed in the orbital socket and barely remember the game, but it was uh, just enough to, to make me happy. So we beat Duke, which is always fun. Yeah, yeah.
1: beating them at anything is great. <laughs> uh, next one, favorite moment as a coach.
2: Wow, I'm not sure I have one. Uh, I struggle with favorites. Ask my wife. I don't have favorite <laughs> colors of candy either. Uh,
0: I was going to say, never
2: mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, favorite moment as a coach, man, to be honest, every, every day I get to coach these kids is a gift. And I know you're going to make fun of me for that, but I mean it. I coach some, of the, some amazing kids, and uh, I, senior days are always special for me. Um, when, when these guys have been through the program and we get to kind of honor them, I think that's a pretty cool, pretty cool thing.
1: Now you guys know who I got my soccer as a gift line from. <laughs> 100% true. Okay. This one needs a little bit of attention. A mom and dad have four daughters. Each daughter has a brother. How many people are in the family? I'll, read, I'll read it again if you, if you need it. So a mom and a dad, so parents, have four daughters. Each of the daughters has a brother. How many people are in the family?
2: Well, it could be just one brother, so there's five kids and two parents Is seven. Nice. Is, is that your final answer? I think that should be my final answer. That's that a, is correct. That's a good answer. Yes. That
1: is correct. Okay. Now, see, now we're heating up here. <laughs> now we're heating up. Uh, who has better soccer hair? Um, the photo of our next guest, Sam Ruiz Plaza, in his uh, Messiah team photo, or Minneapolis City Technical Director Alan Merrick's 70s hair?
2: Wow.
0: I don't know that picture. Do we have an image of that to put up on uh, to put up on the webpage? I mean there's we, gotta be it's gotta,
2: gotta be a toss-up though. Can we make right? him the
0: header image for our podcast page? <laughs> um,
2: is it is it whose mullets is it more mullet-ish?
1: Yeah, I think that's at that that play? So so for those of you uh, sorry for the little bit of dead air here. Here's Samuel. Legendary. Um, and then now here is I'm already laughing.
2: Samuel's got a mullet with some lines cut into the side. Yeah. A little bit longer on the top. And uh, here is no
1: party
0: in the Alan. back. Alan Merrick. Alan looks Man. like Burt Reynolds
1: <laughs> with longer hair though. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the question: which one, which one is uh, which one's better? Who has better flow?
2: <laughs> Both flow legendary. I think uh, Coach Merrick's stash might take it though. Yeah, like that,
1: the that
0: stash is thick. He looks like Turd Ferguson.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, and the funny thing is, if you if you this is whole like tangent. Uh, played for Team America.
2: Go Team America! F yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> um, okay, so uh, you're going with uh, technical director Alan Merrick by a stash. Done. Uh, what's your favorite hobby outside of soccer?
2: Whoa, I enjoy. Do not
1: have any time outside. Of
2: soccer. <laughs> I don't have much. I, I really enjoy reading. I also like cooking, uh, words with friends, and uh, hanging out with my family.
1: I like how you said, I don't know, and then you named, like, five quick things. Yeah, (laughs) because I can't choose one. Right, Right, exactly. Not good at favorites.
2: Not good at favorites. Which rolls us
1: into the next one? What's your favorite movie? (laughs) Uh,
2: John Sucks, and... No, um, I, again, struggle. Give me top five. I could come up with some, but I'll go with Braveheart. Braveheart. Braveheart? Nice. All right,
1: I like that one. Okay, would you rather have a sure thing of $10,000 or a 50-50 chance at $1,000,000? 50-501
2: 50 51 million.
1: Yeah, you got it. Nice. I like that. Okay, pick one 442 352 4231. 4231.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. I kind of had an idea that you were going to go down a circle. Always
2: contextual, though. It depends on my personnel.
1: Yeah. Okay. Mr. Stegman, as you know, was the coach of Chairman Hoodman and I when we were kids. He's the namesake for the club that powers Minneapolis City and kind of where everything started. Do you remember us telling you what he looked like? Please describe what Mr. Stegman looks like to me, to us, to everyone.
2: I have a terrible memory. I believe you said he was possibly an old Italian or Greek or some type of... Mediterranean? Mediterranean. (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna uh, keep going. German. Before, before I'm gonna I... say Bavarian. Okay. Um,
1: so I think he's a Bavarian. I'm gonna I'm gonna draw what could I think be, he's could be. Could be
2: shorter. Um, possibly some ridiculous flow, and um, clearly a mustache. He might have worn short softball shorts while he coached you.
1: Is that your final
2: answer? I completely apologize to <laughs> you, Mr. segment If you you just drew Bob's this.
0: Burgers, by the way, on your on your paper, he looks.
1: I wasn't listening. I was just drawing. <laughs> I was drawing Alan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you are correct in a few things. He was German. He had a glorious mustache. Uh, he wore short soccer shorts. Umbros, the short like shadowbox umbros. Yes, shadow box the umbras. classic umbros. Yep, and he. I would have also accepted wore sambas with running socks. With the short running socks um, and I would have also accepted he knew nothing about soccer and just was, was blessed with the fact that everyone in the area like was good at soccer and he was just like <laughs> thought he was the best we never lost so, um, so I'll give you like a, a 79% on that one
2: I'll take it it's good enough
1: <clears throat> okay. um, so last question uh, what is the one thing you do when nobody's watching?
2: maybe read Deadspin?
1: That's bad. Wow, and nobody's watching. It's your guilty pleasure? Yeah, I think
2: that's my guilty pleasure. Yeah, it's mine too. I'm kind of lame, but I'll take it.
0: I I do it at work. Yep. (laughs) So, me too, but I've got like an open concept office, so like everybody's always watching me. That's funny. yeah.
1: Uh, it's like, re- yeah, like, like reading the article about Wombach today it was like, yep, yeah, well, I'm reading the DUI article in front of everyone. Sweet. It's <laughs> important news, man. Research, you're researching. Right, yeah, I'm researching, yeah. Uh, all right, well, Jeremy, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, hopefully, the speed route wasn't too hard. I know everyone gets nervous about it, um, but we really look forward to the season uh, and, and all the things that you and the, uh, and the rest of the staff are going to be doing.
2: Thanks for having me. I'm very excited as well. Yeah, thank you.
0: So, we're here with MCSC mid- midfielder uh, Samuel Ruiz Plaza. Is it Samuel or Samuel? You've pronounced it.
3: Uh, I mean, like. Or do you like technically, Sam? Technically, it's Samuel, because that's like the Spanish pronunciation. But in America, we go by Samuel most most of the time. Uh, my closer friends call me Samuel, but Samuel is perfect. Samuel,
0: all right, I like it. So,. uh... Tell us where you're from and your playing background. So, you know, here you started off in in Minnesota. You know, where'd you yeah. go to high school? Where'd you play club ball? That sort of thing.
3: Um, well, I was born and raised here in uh, Woodbury, Minnesota, right outside of St. Paul. And uh, growing up, I, like, started with Bangu and that. Um, and then when Bangu transformed to Minnesota Thunder Academy, I had the chance to go and play with Minnesota Thunder Academy, but I decided not to, and I just played. Played at Woodbury Soccer Club, just a local club. Um, And then my eighth grade year, we moved to Spain. And um, there I was playing on a second division, like, academy team there. Um, The team from the town I was with, I lived in. And I played there for a year. Um, And I would probably say, like, that was my most pivotal, important year soccer-wise. Like, that's where I grew the most as a player. Um, And I really, like, started to... Take soccer more seriously and find a real passion for it. Um, we only lived in Spain for a year, and then we moved back to the United States. Um, and I played four years at Eastridge High School. Um, played varsity four years. And then Where's I played... the,
1: uh, the mascot there?
3: Uh, the Raptors. Going oh, the Raptors. Raptors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, played there four years. Um, and then I also played four years for St. Croix Academy. Um, just, like, premier club team. From right out of Stillwater, so, and now I just finished up my freshman season at Messiah College, um, D three soccer out in Pennsylvania. So yeah.
1: So um, let's uh, rewind back to Spain a little bit. Was there anything that you learned or that um, y- you know you-, you picked up while you were there that translated uh, to to your playing style or to your game today?
3: I mean, definitely. I think they put a huge emphasis on just like being extremely technical, like doing all the small things perfectly and just like keeping the ball and like treasuring the ball and like just possession. So I think my time there I learned I became a very technical player. I like improved technically quite a bit. And I also like kind of like my style of play be transformed into more like a possession style where I just like to pass the ball instead of dribble. I just like to knock it around and like look to keep the ball around and always to go forward. Um, so I think that is what I picked up in Spain. Also played a lot, a lot of futsal. Um, so I think small-sided helped me a lot um, in tight spaces, being able to keep the ball. Um, became. I think they put a huge emphasis on being technical, and my technical games probably grew, grew a lot while, while I was in Spain.
1: Nice. So um, tell us a little bit about Messiah College. So you said you're out in Pennsylvania. You know what, what made you choose Messiah, and, and maybe were there any other schools that were in the mix?
3: Oh, uh, yeah, there definitely was. I mean, starting off, like, when I started my recruiting process fall of my junior year, I was mostly looking just to play Division One soccer. Didn't even consider, like, D2 or D3. Um, and there was, like, certainly some schools that were interested. I had some interest from small D1 schools, like University of Nebraska-Omaha. Um, had some interest from SIUE and also, like, Bucknell out in Pennsylvania. Um, but then around March of my junior year. So spring of my junior year, I heard about Messiah. Um, and then when I heard about them, I like checked him online, saw like the history, they're really good program. Um, watched some of their highlight tapes. They look, they played like, they looked like they played some really good soccer, um, 10 national championships in the last 14 years at the time. Um, once I saw that, um, I had like a strong desire to go there. So emailed the coach, um, and since Minnesota, Pennsylvania, they weren't really coming out to the Midwest to watch me play, and we weren't going to any tournaments on the East Coast where they would be at. So if I really wanted to go there, i had to go a camp, to a camp. So I decided to go to their ID camp, um, and I showed pretty well, and the coach was pretty interested in me. Um, and then like, the I like, started the recruiting process with them. And then at the same time, um, I became interested in Wheaton College. out in Illinois, another top 25 D3 program. Um, And they saw me play at um, a showcase down in Iowa, and they became interested. So in September, I went out to Wheaton, visited it, and then I also went out to Messiah the next weekend. Um, And I had an unbelievable experience at Messiah. I really like what they're about, like not only being great on the field, but also off the field, Um, like building character and everything like that. I love the guys here. like It's an unbelievable environment. And, um, after my visit there, I was like blown away and it was a pretty easy decision for me to, to go to Messiah.
1: So tell so, us a little yeah. bit about, the uh, about the on the field stuff this season. So you were, uh, all region and all Midwest, correct? Yeah. And, and that's as a freshman. So that's, um, you know, regardless of the division, that's, that's impressive. Uh-huh. So tell us a little more about, uh, you know, the, the style of play and how well you, you thought it went your freshman year and what you look forward to, uh, moving forward.
3: Um, see. so my freshman year I was coming in with expectation that I was just gonna ride the bench not play very much um and definitely preseason was tough at first um it's the change from high school to college is unbelievable just the change of pace physicality um like the demand everything has to be like um, there's a much higher standard for everything like your touch everything has to be pristine when you're playing so definitely I struggled at first but once I found my groove um I definitely became very comfortable in the center defensive mid position. Like, uh, I would say we play with a six and eight and I would say I was more the eight. I was more the creative. I was a little higher up the field than our six who held a little more. Um, and I really, I really enjoyed, um, playing this season. The style of play is phenomenal at Messiah. Um, just knocking the ball around, possessing teams, keeping them locked in in their half and just knocking, knocking it around in their half and, and creating scoring opportunities. Um, I think I did a good job keeping the ball. Um, I mean, I don't. I really enjoyed like playing with them because I enjoy the possession style of soccer, and that's that's what we have here at Messiah. Um, nice. So yeah, I don't know.
1: Um. So moving past college, um, tell us a little bit more about how you got in the mix with with Minneapolis City.
3: Um. So I think I don't know exactly when, but I got a text from Jeremy. Um, the assistant coach here mm-hmm. and, uh, I knew him through, he, the co- head coach at Bethel, Bethel university and my mom teaches at Bethel. So okay. I got in touch with uh, Jeremy and, um, cause I was like also interested in Bethel and, and, going there. So I got in touch with Jeremy and, and we connected pretty well. And I just got a text from him one day. He's asking me if I would, if I would like to play on a, um, on a summer team with, um, some guys, some college guys from Minnesota um he didn't really have many details at the time but he was just told me that they're looking to put a team together um from with some of the top college players um in minnesota and like the moment he said that i was like yeah i'm for sure 100 percent in and then i got to know a little bit more about minneapolis city through i think it was dan um he told me a little more i like got to see it and i don't know i'm really excited it looks like you guys are doing awesome things and i'm i'm really excited for the summer and to get to to play
1: it's pretty hard not to not to want to come back and play when you get to see how badass we are going to be this summer. So
3: yeah, <laughs> you got, it looks like you got a lot a lot of good players. So it's gonna, it's going to be fun to get to compete with the guys and and train and and get to play with them.
1: When uh when do you when do you come home? When uh when are you able to get back into the mix?
3: Um, first week of May. Hopefully, I think May eighth, May seventh around around the first week of May, I'll be home finals are that time so right after finals I'm heading home and I think we have like scrimmage of the 14th down in in Des Moines down Des Moines against the Des Moines Menace good good team
1: correct yeah. correct well we're
0: we're excited to have you come back in
3: I'm mm-hmm. um, I'm very excited to play I'm really looking forward to this it's going to be great great experience
0: cool man so you've probably you've played with some of these guys before right you played with Will Kid who yeah. we back to a couple of weeks ago you played with him at St. Croix Academy oh. um are there any other players that you know have been signed to city that you're excited to play with maybe for the first time or that you've played
3: with before? Um, I, I have only played with Will Kidd. Um, I've definitely, I know, I think it's one of the wingers, e- Emmanuel or something, something like that.
1: Yeah, Emmanuel I think he,
3: I think he used to play at St. Croix on a higher age team. So I've gotten to play against him. Um, and I've heard a lot of good things about Sam, Sam Forsgren. Um, so I'm very excited to get to play with him. And, probably get to learn a lot. Um I see I've seen a lot of players that you signed, a lot of D1 players, so I'm I'm just excited to get to play with them, get to keep playing at a high level and and learn from them.
0: Cool, man. So first first season of the of the new team, what are your goals uh as far as performance goes and what are your goals for like what would you hope to see the team develop into over the course of the
3: summer? Um I think some personal goals would probably be to get some, some nice minutes and be able to have a presence in the midfield. Um, that's something that I would like to like like be able to help the team keep the ball, orchestrate attack, um, just like work hard, and just give it everything. As a team, um, it looks like we've got a lot of good players. Um, it looks like the competition is going to be pretty tough, so I think – some good goals would be to, like, do well in the league and hopefully make it to the PLA tournament. And yeah, there's,
1: a, there's an end-of-the-year
0: tournament.
3: See what, see what we can do there and take it game by game. I think uh, we have a young team, and it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, that's – I mean, I think that's – we've said this a lot. That's probably the most exciting thing about, about Minneapolis City is that not only is it uh, a super talented team, but it's a lot of young dudes who can really build for the future. Uh, I'm just excited to get a good fan base out. Like, can you imagine – once these guys start performing on field, right. how it's just going to – the atmosphere is going to be awesome.
1: Right, and I think too, um, you know, for me, it's not necessarily just the, the youth. It's the mixture of um, players that we have with a little bit, little bit more experience playing in the third tier of United States professional soccer. Mm-hmm. So guys that can, can come in and can really be the, uh, the, the maturity spine, if you will, to, to take guys like you under, your, under their wing yeah. – to show the ropes of, of what this level's like and what other levels are like. Um, you know, we want nothing more than all of our younger players coming back from their first or second year in, in college and in two or three years playing at a, at a higher level uh, than us so we can really mm-hmm. showcase that we're, we're truly a pipeline to, um, to, to kicking out pros, which would be great. I love yep.
0: your metaphors, dude. The maturity spine. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Samuel, so uh, we got to ask, what, tell us about that flow, man. What's going on on your, on your picture on the Messiah oh. website?
3: Um, well, I usually have pretty long hair, and there's a tradition that when the freshmen come in at Messiah, they get their head shaved. Um, it's just kind of a tradition that's been going along for many years. I mean, ever since. Uh, um, it's been a tradition that's been going on for a long time. And so I came in with a lot of hair and, um, (laughs) sorry about that. I came, I came in with a lot of hair and a lot of guys on the team were like, dude, you just, you have to do the Patrick Kane mullet for, (laughs) for pictures. I mean, I don't think I ended up looking like Patrick Kane. I looked more like some guy from, uh, they said, what's the movie? Uh, Prince's Bride, I think.
0: Oh, (laughs) Inigo Montoya? (laughs) Yeah. You killed my father? prepare, Prepare to die? Yeah. Yeah. So.
3: The day of the head shaving, um, instead of shaving my head, they gave me that haircut for pictures, um, and I don't know. It looked it looked pretty gnarly. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of haters, but a lot of people loved it too. I'm looking to bring it back next season.
0: We think you uh, should bring it back for the summer.
3: Uh, hopefully the hair's long enough then. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, well, that's a that's a pretty mild uh, that's a pretty mild freshman ritual. Yeah. What are some of the What are some of the worst sports teams do you think, as far as like hazing the new guys? I'm thinking like probably hockey. Swimming gets real weird from what yeah. i I bet,
1: I
3: bet lacrosse. Lacrosse does some crazy things, I bet. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Um, lacrosse, hockey, though. Those I just hear, like,
1: nothing but bad things about, like, bad band, like, rogue hazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, like,
0: for the first time in their lives, these kids finally have some power over somebody. <laughs> 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 that's so mean. So mean. Um you They'll know. fear my trombone playing this time. All right, uh, that's it. I think it's speed round time, right?
1: Yeah, speed round right. time. Are um, are you ready? Do you need like take a break? You need to stretch? You need like need some water or anything? Because we're gonna turn up the heat a little bit here. <laughs> just, just attack it, <laughs> or or do we attack it? Okay, so speed round consists of ten questions if you could say the first answer that comes to your mind as quickly as possible, All right. uh, if you need to take a little bit, that's cool. Uh, but you got to get through it before we go on to the next question.
3: All right. So we'll uh,
1: are you ready?
3: Yeah, I, I hope so.
1: Have you locked the door just so no one comes in?
3: <laughs> um, there's no lock on this door, but <laughs>
1: yeah, no worries. All right. So first question, we just talked about hair. Who's got the greatest hair in pro soccer? Pierlo. Pirlo. Okay. Oh, a couple,
3: that's the second The Pirlo second answer. Pirlo,
1: yeah. I, I think Will said Pirlo yeah. for his favorite player. Mm-hmm. You, um, are you related to Aubrey Plaza? And if you aren't, would dating her feel weird?
3: Uh, no, and I don't know who that is. <laughs> April April Ludgate Did from you watch, Parks, uh, and you Rec. Watch Parks and Rec. I have seen it before. I mean, if you give me the hair color, I might know who it is.
1: She's got dark hair. Look her up. She's pretty hot. Oh,
3: I think I know who you're talking about. Uh I definitely would. She's, she's a nice looking gal. <laughs> All
1: right. Uh, Batman or Superman, Batman, Iron Man or Captain America, Iron Man. So Batman or Iron Man,
3: Iron Man. Okay.
1: Oh. Uh, what should your nickname be this season, this summer?
3: Um, Flozil.
1: Flo-Zil. <laughs> I'm gonna write that down quick. Uh, best soccer moment.
3: Um, I would say scoring my first goal, my first collegiate goal, on homecoming in front of like five thousand fans and in front of my parents.
1: Nice.
3: Scored a bang uh, in the upper ninety.
1: I believe I saw that on the internet. That yeah, that was a good one. Uh, many more of those hopefully this summer. Um, hopefully. Uh, what's your pre-game ritual? You have any superstitions?
3: Yes, I always take a shower. I always dry my body completely. Make sure my feet are extremely dry. Left sock, right sock left shin guard, right shin guard, left cleat, right cleat. And then when I hop onto the field, I take three hops with my left foot before I get that on the is, field.
0: That is highly specific. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm a weird dude when it comes to game time.
1: I uh, I I personally do the left sock, right sock, left yeah. shin guard, right shin guard, left shoe, right shoe. So that's yeah. not that weird. Uh, but taking a shower and making sure that every body part is dry, that's just, <laughs> that just sounded weird. That just sounded yes,
3: weird. Yes, I know. I'm sorry. I should have just specific. my feet need to be dry or else it's it's weird. Yeah. All
1: right. This one's going to be tough.
3: Sing us a song that best describes you.
1: <laughs>
3: this one is tough. Um. I just don't have many songs memorized. Just give me a moment here. Oh, take your time. You can just make one up too. All right. Because um, <laughs> you're the best. Around, no one's ever going to take you down. No, <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice.
1: Nice. nice. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we're doing this via Skype today. If you could have seen the facial expression, it was incredible. Um <laughs> What player do you model your game after?
3: Um, I like to say Luka Modric.
1: Luka Modric. Also great hair.
3: Yeah, he's got some luscious locks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> have you ever had a coach melt down on you on the field for something you've done? Or off the field, but yeah As a result of something, if so what what happened?
3: um well, <laughs> freshman year here I got roasted quite a bit. I took a self pass, like a touch backwards, and it was a little bit heavy, a little heavier than I wanted it to be, and I got uh Samuel, You just lost his 80 yards. Um, <laughs> so yeah,
1: did you tell your coach it's the wrong type of football?
3: <laughs> no, I just said sorry
1: uh, all right, funny. last question. Can we hold a fan vote to vote for your summer hairstyle?
3: Uh, for sure, absolutely.
1: <laughs> All right. right.. well, that was a speed round. Uh, Samuel, thank you so much for for oh, being on no us today. Hopefully skype wasn't wasn't too hard to overcome any any barriers via communication, but we're looking to Looking forward to having you back in the mix, getting back in what around a month. Yeah, yeah it's coming up now. Yeah, a little over a month getting uh, getting the the big
0: Flozil into the mix. Oh yes, cool. All right, Samuel, Ru- Samuel Ruiz Plaza. Thank you so much for joining us, man. We thanks. will talk to you soon.
1: All right, thanks, thank Sam. Happy, you
0: for having me, guys.
3: Yeah, bye. All right, take care.
1: All right, well, wasn't that a pleasant show, folks? Uh, next week <laughs> we're, uh, we're coming it. at you on Friday uh, with a show recorded at the kit reveal. Um, it'll probably be up uh, later in the week. Yeah, probably like late thur- Thursday. Late, late Thursday. Um, but uh, we will not be on Wednesday unless we decide to put a little teaser out there. Maybe we will, I don't know. Uh, but don't miss the action. Uh, Minneapolis City will be around town for more details of kind of where we're going. We've got a lot of watch parties at the Nomad and the local. Yeah. Uh, both Nate and I were at um, both of those this weekend. It was a great time, sold a lot of memberships, met a lot of people, handed out a lot of stickers and sold some scarves and stuff. It was great. Um, but for more details on that stuff, you can follow us on Twitter or you can uh, go to our website, which we'll be uh, giving you those in a, in a second. Also, we have a Friendly versus a Shattuck DA um, excuse me, uh, coming up this weekend, so we'll, we'll give you some reactions on how that went. Um, but we also destroyed our 50 club members uh, platform, so go buy one. Uh, they did go up, but you can still become a member. Uh, you get tickets to all the home, home matches. You get a membership scarf. You get to be, have a voice in the club, and club matters. A lot of things to, to, to do there when you're a member. Uh, but most importantly, you can come to our games and have fun. Bring your friends. Um, always, thank you to Summit, the official craft beer sponsor of the People's Pitch they are celebrating their 30th anniversary this year. Stop down in the brewery and fill your belly up with some suds or check them out online at summitbrewing.com. Also, please feel free to hit us up with any questions, comments, or concerns like Mr. Matthew Ellenberger did uh, at podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, like I mentioned before, at sc. You can follow Nate at Mexinate or myself at J O N N Y B I Z Z N E S S. That's two N's, two Z's, two S's. Yeah. Um, last week we gave our we paid our homage to Mr. Fife Dog and had a little bit of uh, Tribe Call Quest. But this week we are back after a one week hiatus with Go Get 'Em Tiger, our house band, who will soon be releasing new music. So, until then, we are here with their hit "Kicks on a Wire." I have been John. I'm Nate. And uh, we thank you for for listening to us. See you guys next week. All right, bye.